0: The 2022 NHL Draft went down a week ago in Montreal. How did the Dallas Stars do with each pick? Today, Tony Ferrari, an NHL draft expert, joins the show to talk about every single pick from the 2022 Dallas Stars Draft on today's episode of Locked on Stars.
1: Your Locked on Stars. Your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team
0: Every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, credentialed member of the Dallas Stars Media, coming to you on this Friday, July 15th. And whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, thank you for stopping by today's episode and for making Locked on Stars your first listen every single day. Be sure to subscribe to our show on YouTube as well as on your favorite podcasting platform. Remember, we are free and available no matter where or how you listen. And without any further hesitation, let's get into the goodness of today's episode. Let's get to the interview with Tony Ferrari, NHL draft expert. All right, everybody, joining me now is a very special guest, friend of the Locked On Podcast Network. He is an NHL draft expert, uh, covers the NHL with excellence, very, very smart hockey mind. Tony Ferrari here to talk about the Dallas Stars 2022 NHL draft and some of the big names that the Stars were able to acquire through the draft and Tony before we kind of go guy by guy or pick by pick uh, just kind of a a bird's eye view what was your take on the Dallas Stars draft as a whole this year in Montreal
1: well I think they did a pretty decent job I think they they balanced getting guys that are going to play NHL games and also kind of looking at some upside as well with especially the second and third pick with Cairo and Figueroa who I, I'm going to mispronounce all the time every time I say it. But, no, I, I think Liam Bixell was a really g- good pick in round one, kind of fits the mold of what Dallas Stars hockey is and, and kind of brings in some some assuredness. Like, you know he's going to kind of play at NHL games and you know what he's going to be at the next level. And then guys like Kairou, Fragiris, uh, even Gavin White, you got a little bit more uh, upside with, and then late in the draft, getting Maxim Mayorov, who's a really good goalie from the from out in Russia. Some really good data on him as well. That's a really great pick in the fifth round. And then Matthew Semenov is a guy that I didn't think would be there. And uh, I'll be honest, when they called his name at the draft, I was like, he's still on the board, really? Okay. <laughs> Because there was a lot of outlets, including elite prospects, myself, uh, my my colleague at the Hockey News, we all had him as kind of top 100 guys. So getting him at 179 was pretty good.
0: Yeah, that seems to kind of be the you know the take on Simonov for sure. And we'll talk about him a little bit later on. But I want to start, of course, at the top with Leon Bichel, the first pick for the Stars, and uh, one of the biggest players, especially as far as defensemen. Uh, definitely not lacking size, but a guy that. I think can come in and play some pretty solid defense and maybe find himself in that defensive core rotation for the stars in a handful of seasons, maybe a little bit to be desired offensively from him. But in your eyes, kind of what, what is his ceiling or who is a guy that you think he could be compared to in the NHL that stars fans could maybe get excited uh, about hearing that comparison and then maybe look forward to seeing Bichelle playing in Dallas in the near future?
1: Well, I really like the pick right right where they got him. He was right in that range on my draft board as well. And I think when you want to compare him, I think it's really easy for Dallas Stars fans because they can look at a guy like Essa Lindell and go, okay, he can be that. But he also has a little bit more skill and upside, especially towards the end of the year. He starts showing off his hands a little bit more, showing off some more puck skill. So if he can be Essa Lindell plus, then I think that's a great pick, especially where they got him because that's a top four defenseman any day
0: yeah yeah that certainly seems you know to be the case and you know essa uh, i've even heard some comps to jamie alexiak as well yeah. who is another fan favorite amongst dallas stars fans now playing in seattle with the kraken and i think he's you know kind of uh earned the the respect from those fans up there in seattle as well so definitely not a bad comparison and a guy that i think will be huge for the stars going forward and uh you know he's been talked about a lot amongst star circles being the first pick for the team. But another guy that I think has kind of flown under the radar and has done really well, um, two days into stars development camp is Christian Cairo, who many stars fans know that he is the brother of Jordan Cairo, who plays in St. Louis for the blues. And, do you think that Christian Kairou could be a guy, he does play defenseman and his brother plays forward, but do you think he could be as effective or have as good of a career as his brother has had up to this point? Uh, or, you know, what, what do you, what is your take on Christian Kairou as a prospect?
1: Yeah, I remember when I first kind of started watching Kairou early in the year and I was like, okay, there's a lot of offensive upside here. There was, there's a lot of, like, really smart intellectual play with the puck on his stick. And his defensive game leaves a little bit to, to be desired at times. So he's a little bit of the opposite of what we saw with Liam Bixell. Whereas with Christian Cairo, I remember talking to Will Scouch, who's another friend of the Lockdown Network, has been on a bunch of podcasts as well. We are discussing his game because he is such a divisive player. And both of us were pretty high on him because of that offensive upside. And he goes, you can tell he's he's his brother's brother. Like, you can tell he's Jordan Cairo's brother, but he doesn't skate like Jordan Cairo. And, and that's the big difference, despite the fact that they do have different positional uh They they play different positions. You can tell this kid's a guy that plays at high end, high pace offensive hockey, wants to push the puck up ice, wants to be creative, wants to be that guy that's making things happen on the offensive end of the ice. I think the big thing with Christian kairos is skating isn't quite up to snuff. I think that's the big area that, that's held him back a little bit because if he, if he was a good skater, even like just slightly above average, I think this is a guy that probably goes in the first round because of that offensive creativity, because of that offensive mindset where he's able to kind of go, I'm going to take this puck and do what I need to do with it. And, and absolutely embarrass somebody at the blue line or embarrass somebody as I walk into the zone, he's a little bit smaller at hundred or at, uh five foot ten and 172 pounds, but he's got room to grow. I think there's there's gonna be some time there. And he he was one of the oldest players in this draft class too, which is a, a a unique thing for a player like him. He was one day away from being eligible for last year's draft class. So he does have a little bit more maturity on his side. I think this is a guy that can come in and he could kind of range anywhere between like AHL All Star and, and legitimate top four defensemen. So it's gonna be really interesting to see where he goes because if he can get that skating up He's got the manipulation. He's got the deception, the, that offensive creativity to kind of make things happen, be a power play quarterback, possibly on a second unit even. So I think there's a lot to like there, but he needs to get that skating up to snuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's certainly an intriguing prospect for sure, especially given the you know his brother in the NHL having a lot of success. And before we move on to some of the, the later picks for the Stars, kind of want to pick your brain a little bit on the first two rounds for the Stars in last year's draft and kind of just your thoughts because I know that you – You know, just have so many takes and thoughts on up and coming players and Wyatt Johnston, Logan Stankoven. uh, No secret that they had fantastic seasons for their respective junior clubs. Do you think that, you know, that they have the potential to be consistent NHL players that can compete at a high level? Um, Or do you, like, even as early as this season, or are in your eyes, are they guys that maybe still need a year or two to fully reach that potential? Because juniors and NHL are very different, despite the numbers that Johnston and Stankoven put up. What, what is kind of your thought on their track to being in the NHL?
1: Well, I loved their draft last year. I'll say that right off the hop. I remember coming out of the draft and thinking they are one of the winners because even though I wasn't a huge fan of the Johnston pick at the time, I'm here in Windsor, like that's where I live, and Johnson plays here in Windsor for the Spitfires, and I watched him a ton this year live, and the kid was an absolute force offensively. He would do so many different things. His skating took a step, his puck skill took a step, and his shot was, uh, you noticed he got stronger in just about every area of the game. So I think he's a guy that will kind of, push push his way into a lineup possibly next season it, 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 and if he doesn't then he's going to dominate junior again and kind of be an absolute force down there if he's not playing in the AHL and stuff over the next couple of years so i think he's definitely a guy that can be a, an offensive playmaker an offensive force at the nhl level eventually and logan stankoven was a guy that i that was a big reason why i thought they were big winners last year because stankoven was a guy that if he was two inches taller he'd have been a top 10 pick last year and i have no doubt about that because the the pace that this kid plays with the attitude that this kid plays with the offensive just cerebral mindset that he plays with is just unreal he's got an, a wicked shot like you don't expect a guy his size to have a shot that he has some really slick playmaking ability he reads the ice extremely well there's so much to like and i remember at the when i look at their draft class last year i was like man if you switched stankoven and white johnson i think they almost had a perfect draft because a guy like Ayrton martino i had is a as a first round late first rounder last year a guy like jack bar i was really high on even going down the list in francisco Arcuri and in uh, albert showberg at the end of it like they had a lot of players that i really liked in their draft class last year so i wouldn't be shocked if they have three four guys even come out of that draft class from last year Today's episode of
0: Lockdown on Stars is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about trends and action. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. Yeah, that would be really exciting and I think that that's there was a lot of optimism going into the draft here in Montreal just last week because the Stars have, have history of the past few seasons drafting really well, especially in the first two rounds even going back to 2017 with Hayskinen, Robertson, Ottinger, uh, the list could go on and on. So certainly a lot to be excited about and a lot of those names that you touched on, guys that are at development camp now and you know, producing pretty well, all things considered in that limited capacity, Um, not really doing too many full on scrimmages until the end of the week. But yeah, certainly a lot of intrigue there and kind of moving to the later stages of this 2022 draft. I know my knowledge of some of these guys is a little less than some of those top picks, but you mentioned his name at the start, George Fregaris, I believe, a defenseman taken in the third round. What is kind of the the scoop on him? What is a reason that you think the Stars drafted him, and uh, what's kind of the upside to his game as a defenseman? Because this was a defenseman-heavy draft for the Stars, and so clearly there was something there uh, after taking Bichelle and Kairou that they wanted in this guy in the third round.
1: Yeah, it was really interesting to see him go as early as he did because I, while I knew he was kind of going to get drafted, he's a guy that played in the OJHL last year, not really a league that you see drafted from a ton, but he was a guy that was really, really good at, at finding ways to put up points for that team. He was a guy that showed a, sh- a shot off really well from the defensive position, which you don't see very often. I think the big thing with him is going to be developing the finer points of his game. Can he get the ag- the agility? Can he get the edge work to kind of work towards his favor? Because I don't think he's a bad skater, but I don't think he's a good skater I- yet either. I think that's going to be one of the things that he's going to need to work on over the next couple of years. But he's got some really nice tools offensively. He's got some really nice tools defensively. He's got some size. If, he's, if I'm not mistaken, he's six Six foot two at yeah, six foot two almost 200 pounds a guy that's going to grow into his body a little bit more even and this is a guy that i think that the the stars picked and they went we see what he could be in a, in like three or four different versions could he be this offensive guy could he be this defensive guy could he be more of a two-way guy a transition player it's going to be interesting to see what they mold him into but at the end of the day i think they took him and went this is a ball of clay that has all these tools has this frame that we could project to the nhl level what can we do with him and developmentally and see what they can get out of him that way and at, at the end of the day kind of with the, how crazy this this draft was going i think he's a guy that isn't too too far out of the range where they got him so it's an interesting pick but it's a pick that could certainly work out in the end with with how raw and developmental he is
0: yeah that's always the exciting part with these mid to late round picks is you never know when you found a, a diamond in the rough and. Maybe Gavin White could be that guy as well. What's your take on him? Because he might be the guy that I know the least about from this draft. Um, you know, Fergara's got a little bit of insight on before hopping on here. But Gavin White is a guy that I really know next to nothing about even before the draft and found out a little bit during the draft. But curious to hear what your take is on him and what his potential could be here at the uh, in the NHL.
1: Gavin White was the one player I looked at and I was like, oh, okay. Like, I don't know why exactly they took him. And then I I started looking to his tape a little bit. I was kind of remembering back from when at the, the uh, Memorial cup and everything. And this is a guy that plays a pretty sound game overall. He's a little bit older. He's drafted as an overager. He's 19 already. So it's, it's a little bit of a, a a pick on, Hey, we think this guy can play pro games eventually where his ceiling is. I don't know because he is kind of an offensive leaning guy at times, but he does have some defensive capability that you you look at and you're like okay that's a good a good player right there so this is kind of the wild card pick in my opinion if you're not going to go with the OJHL guy for, for the Dallas Stars this year what's he going to be at the next level I think that's the biggest question with him because he's not a guy that I projected necessarily to be an offensive guy but he did put up some offensive numbers so could he be just a good puck mover out of his own end and kind of work his way up there at the end of the day I think he probably ends up being an AHL guy a guy that kind of plays some pro games maybe doesn't affect the nhl roster at the end of the day but a guy that clearly they saw something in that they were like let's take a chance on this guy because at at this point in the draft in the fourth round once you get past even realistically once you get past 50 60 but at 115 you can't really complain about getting a guy that's got some at least pro projectability
0: yeah for sure i mean like like we just said with the last, you know, in the third round two, you never know when you're going to find that guy that could be the next great producer for your team. Uh, I know even Jacob Peterson, who had a nice rookie mm-hmm. season for the Stars, was taken uh, in the later rounds of his draft, which I believe was also 2017, and you know, we've talked about four defensemen drafted by the Stars and kind of talked about the overall view of the 22 draft and even a little bit of last year's draft, but before we talk about the last two guys, were you surprised to see the Stars take four defensemen in the first four rounds or was it something you expected because there's always the, you know, the storyline of Dallas, you know, always plays the hard-nosed defense, that's their brand of hockey, but there's always that need for depth scoring. So were you surprised that they didn't take a forward until, you know, they got to their last pick or was that something that you expected?
1: Honestly, it wasn't even something I really realized until I went back and looked at their draft class as a whole after the draft. And I was like, oh, they took four defensemen right off the hop. And I think that's just kind of an element of you look at the draft picks that they've made in the recent in recent years, and their their high-end guys have all been forwards pretty much. Even going back a couple years, like we talked about Wyatt Johnson, Logan Stankoven. They took Krishnikov, who was a defenseman, but then they got Martino, Roulette, erdl uh, and Jack Bars later in the draft. And then you get to 2020 20 and you go. Bork, Strangas, Jungman, uh, Yevgeniy Oksentchuk. Al- uh, uh, then you go back to the first, the last time they drafted a defenseman high. That was 2019 with Thomas Harley and, and Samuel Shodlin. So it's not shocking necessarily, but it was kind of something that I, I realized afterwards, and I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And clearly, they're in their prospect pool. That was kind of an area of need, so it's certainly not a bad strategy.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And especially, at, I know at the time of recording this, still a lot of speculation about John Klingberg now that free agency has opened up. And maybe by the time this goes out, he's re-signed with the Stars or gone elsewhere. But, you know, certainly looking to bolster that defensive core in the future. Because Haskinen is a great player, but he can't do it all on his own. And, yeah. you know, the the future of a lot of those other guys, Lindell, Hockenpah, Maybe up in the air, but shifting the focus to the fifth round pick for the Stars, uh, the only goalie taken by the Stars in this draft in Maxim um, Mariovov, I believe is how you say his name. Really interesting pick. I know I'm, I'm going to have a hard time getting excited about goalie prospects for the Stars because it seems like Ottinger is the future for the next handful of seasons, barring injury or anything you know, like that, heaven forbid. But what's a reason to get excited about having a guy like Maxim in the prospect pool and in the organization?
1: Well, the big thing with him is he's a guy that has some uh, track record in the MHL. He had a 931 save percentage last year. And it is the MHL, which is maybe the most inconsistent league in the world. But he played for Lada Tagliati, who's not necessarily the best team in the world. They're, they're kind of up and down year to year. You never really know what to expect from them. And he was a big reason they had some, a little bit of success this year. And he was a guy that was able to kind of come in, make saves. He has a huge frame, six foot five, if I'm not mistaken. And, and you look at him and you're like, all right, that's projectable. Uh, he moves around six foot six, sorry, um, uh, almost 200 pounds. So he's a big, big goalie. And and that's what you want to see f- from NHL teams drafting goalies at this point in time. They all go for the big guy, the guy that kind of has the ability to kind of take up as much of the net as possible. And, and Mayarov d- moves around the net fairly well as well. I think one of the big things with him is he controls rebounds extremely well. I know my, my, a good friend of mine, Josh Tesler, who's also in the prospect sphere, tracks goalies. And he said, Mirov was one of the best goalies at, tra- at controlling his rebounds this year, if not the best all year. So it's one of those things where at the NHL level, that's a big trait. If you can control rebounds, eat pucks up and not give up second chances, you make the defense's life so much easier. So if this is a guy that can project to that, I think that's a great thing. And the other thing I love seeing with goalies is he's a June birthday, so he's a later birthday for this draft class. Always go with the young guys so you can develop them a little bit more. Maybe he grows another range, six foot seven. You get that Ben Bishop type frame, Andre Vasilevsky type frame in net. Who knows how how he turns out? I don't think he has the upside of a guy like Vasilevsky, but he could be a starter down the road because goalies take a while to develop. and, And you see fifth, sixth, seventh round goalies all the time, kind of making it to the NHL with some good development. So the stars have shown some ability to develop goalies over the last few years. Maybe this is the next one.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. The The track record of goalies in the recent years has been great. Ben Bishop, you mentioned Anton Hedobin had a good run as a starter for the team. Scott Wedgwood, Jake Ottinger, the list goes on and on. And yeah, certainly you know, getting to rebound pucks and being able to possess the puck well in the crease, I think that would mix well with the star style of hockey of already playing that hard-nosed defense. Then maybe you get a guy like that that can eat up those pucks and make life difficult for the offense and shifting our focus to the last pick from the stars in the draft and a guy that. The more that I learn about him, the more I see him play at development camp, I'm getting more and more excited about. And Matthew Siminoff, he was a teammate of Logan Stankoven's this past season uh, with Camloops Blazers. And Logan Stankoven was quoted saying at development camp that he thinks that this is a steal of a pick for the stars and that he thinks that Simonov could be a good player for years to come. Is that a take you agree with or is, you know, do you have a different angle on Simonov as a player?
1: Well, I think Logan Stankholm is a smart kid, and this is uh, one of the reasons why. I think that Seminoff is a steal in, in the late rounds of this draft. I think he's a guy that, like I said, I projected to go in the top 100, and I, I thought the one big thing holding him back was his skating ability. I think he's got a really good shot. He's got some good passing ability. He finds space really well. He's really instinctual on, on wading through traffic. The, the mobility hasn't really been such an issue at the WHL level because he has been able to kind of use his brain to find the lanes, re- replay a little bit, uh, a step ahead of everybody else. Is he going to be able to continue doing that at the next level? That's a big question. But with the NHL development and state, skating coaches and everything that we have in nowadays game. It, skating isn't as big an issue as it used to be in terms of improving it i think it's one of the more improvable traits i think that and in, in shooting is is the two traits that everyone looks at and you're like you can improve those with, with work in the summer where you can improve those with work in the off season so this is the kid that i think if you can improve his skating stride and it's not like like I, uh, for example connor geeky a guy that went in the first round top 15 uh, went 11th overall to the, to the uh arizona coyotes his skating stride has to come three, four steps, in, in my opinion, whereas Matthew Seminoff, it's only one or two, really. So I think this is a guy that if you improve that little bit. He could easily give you the value of a really good third-round pick or really good second-round pick and, and be a quality offensive contributor in the middle six. Do I think he's got a, the top-end upside of being a first-line guy? Is, do I think he's, at the end of the day, going to end up playing with Logan Stankoven or Wyatt Johnson up on the top six? Maybe not, but if he's, if he's on your third line and he's a scoring threat from there, works really hard, uses his instincts to get to where he needs to be in the offensive zone, acts as the power play threat as well. Kind of as a dual threat guy there. I think this is a great pick for them, especially as late in the draft as they got him in the sixth round at 179.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the stars and stars fans know good and well that the more depth scoring you can have the better. So like you said, even if he is playing, you know, bottom six minutes on the third line behind, you know, Johnston, Stankoven, Robertson, hints if they're all still there, I think that that's you know, definitely a plus. And I know one of the biggest praises of his game is his ability to forecheck as well. So could be a little bit of a threat on the defensive side of the ice for the Stars if he's able to eventually crack the NHL roster. But you know, certainly good news when a guy who's already held in high regard within the organization like Stan Coven uh, has high praise for him. And obviously they were teammates and line mates together, but still think that that speaks volumes because Stan Coven himself is a, mm. a pretty talented player. So kind of the, the last question I have for you before we go talking about all these guys, clearly lots to be excited about with some of these prospects, but in your, in your mind and in your eyes, who is the guy of these six that you think could make their NHL debut
1: first? I think, I mean, it sounds like a cheap uh, cop-out, but I, I'm going to go with Liam Bixell because this is a guy that has played pro hockey a, a, as recently as this year. He's a guy that I think can project to the NHL fairly easily, and then it's about seeing where, how high in the lineup he gets because could he be a top-pairing a top, a, a top pairing guy that plays next to Heiskanen and, and let... Let's and do a little bit more of the, the offensive things and be that, that difference maker that we've seen him be at times. While he plays that defensive role, I certainly could see it happening. But at the same time, he could easily be a, a second-pairing guy that kind of dictates the play on his own on that pairing. And I think he's a guy that has that, that defensive capability that he's willing to throw hits. He's willing to get into a guy's face, make life difficult on the other team. But like I said, over the course of the year, you saw him become more confident with the puck. You saw him become a little bit better as a, a puck handler in general. So... At the end of the day, I think Liam Bixell is probably the first guy that cracks the lineup, but I wouldn't be shocked to see a guy like Matthew Seminoff even, the last pick in the draft class, kind of come in and, and be that guy two, three years from now.
0: Yeah, that would certainly be a fun story, and that's kind of, that's kind of where my mind is too, either Bichelle, or I would love to see Kairu eventually crack the roster. I think he'd be a good player, but of course you also have all the the fun storylines of that division rivalry between the Blues and Stars already. You throw in a little bit of a brother-against-brother brother action as well, and it makes it that much more entertaining certainly but tony thank you for stopping by uh today's episode giving us some insight on some of these prospects and uh, we'll have to have you back on sometime soon yeah of course anytime let me know certainly hope you guys enjoyed today's episode i know this has been a crazy week with the draft happening last thursday and friday nhl free agency but wanted to circle back and talk about some of these draft picks because we've obviously highlighted leon bichelle christian kairu a little bit matthew simenoff tons to be excited about with this draft class. Will all of these guys see the NHL at some point for the Dallas Stars? Probably not, but still a ton of upside with these guys, and the Stars have drafted very well over the past few seasons, and so I have full confidence in this class to produce some really solid players for this organization. And, of course, a huge shout-out to Tony for coming on today's episode and giving us some insight. But that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you for stopping by today's episode of Locked on Stars for making us your first listen of the day. Be sure to subscribe to our show on YouTube as well as on your favorite podcasting platform. Leave us a five-star rating or review if you like what you hear. Uh, you can also find and follow me on Twitter at Dane double underscore Lewis. We'll be back here next week with more Dallas Stars chatter talking about the Fallout, if you will, of free agency from the middle to end of this week and tons of other really intriguing things to talk about as the Stars offseason moves forward. But we'll see you there, Stars fans. Have a great weekend.